well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. very special time of year matt it certainly is halloween is upon us some would say it's already here <laughs> i myself here. i got my first fucking candle already you got your pumpkin candle listen to this the official title of this candle is pumpkin cheesecake ginger pumpkin molasses gingerbread <laughs> i'm actually reading same. you the label i think i have the same one <laughs> oh you do oh you have a big lots near you that's right yeah yeah <laughs> It's a good one, though. They should just put the word good on it. We don't need all these. (laughs) This is good. Good fall scent. You can't have the Halloween season without a pumpkin candle. No, it's one of the uh, absolute highlights for me. And we've seen a lot of pictures on social media, people posting about Halloween candy sightings and cereal and all kinds of... They're already hitting the shelves. Yeah. I'm not ready. (laughs) I mean, I'm ready, personally. But if I put all this shit on my site now the fuck am i gonna write about in october i'm sure you'll have quite a lot <sighs> but there's a whole bunch of stuff going on monster cereals are having a campaign you know we, we've got presidential race the presidential race which uh, just for the record is not on the up and up at all it's totally rigged it's what the fuck is with the voting it's like you know you're telling people to come back day after day yeah. So maybe you don't want to make it so incredibly obvious that you're just pulling these percentages out of your fucking ass. <laughs> like, one day it's Count Chocula, 99%, Blueberry, 1%, Frankenberry, 0%. The next day, somehow everyone has, like, 30%. Did you vote? Well, I'm voting every day because there's that lore of winning one of their daily contest things. Oh, jeez, I didn't even know that. Yeah, you can win, like, cases of fucking Count Chocula. I need to get in on this. Yeah. Let's be honest, though. They all should have had running mates, and then they could have utilized some of the other characters. Fruit Brute and Fruity Yummy Mummy, and I guess the Honey Nut Cheerios bee is going to have to do some moonlighting. (laughs) So that is something cool that's happening this Halloween season already. So I think people are getting really excited for it, and we're seeing some cereals and candy and different things here and there. Nothing huge yet. No, we don't know what's going to be the thing that defines the season yet. That's the most fun part, to really decide uh, which is the signature thing of this year. Right, we have to figure out what's going to be the Halloween Whopper of 2016. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and we did think maybe, like, Ecto Cooler would kind of extend into this season, and it's still popping up. People are still talking about it. But I don't know. I don't know if we can consider that part of... You know what? I'm going to say that you're probably right. It's been out for a while. It's technically a summer release. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a spring release. I don't know. But it's got to be this year's biggest Halloween thing, too. Yeah. I mean, if they put Slimer back on, <laughs> on these cans, then... They're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So Ecto Cooler and um, Pumpkin Spice Cheerios were awaiting. Those apparently are already on shelves. I know, I've been looking, I couldn't find them, but damn, I want them so badly. Me too. It's like every time someone puts a picture of them up, I'm just like, you motherfucker. What was the cereal that came out last year that was like pumpkin spice, but it was it really worked well? Well, it was, it was Frosted Mini Wheats. Frosted Mini Wheats. Yeah, and it was actually like one of the best pumpkin yes. spice things there have ever been. Yeah, the flavor, it just felt like fall. They did a heck of a job. The concepts complemented one another. Yeah. And I think you're right. This could be another one of those cereals where it works and it doesn't just feel like a cheap gimmick to get like on fucking BuzzFeed. Yeah. How, right. how far are they going now with this pumpkin spice? You won't believe it. <laughs> totally correct. Because when you really think about it, like most people I talk to think the pumpkin spice thing has the ship has sailed. Yeah. I put the picture of the Cheerios on, on the site's Facebook page and people were like, ew, that's so gross. Like, Ill, that's so gross. Fucking yeah. Cheerios with a little bit of cinnamon. Come on. <laughs> I hate pumpkin. I know that's not gross. <laughs> so the Halloween season is upon us. And on the Purple Stuff podcast, we will be all Halloween-y from this point forward. Yes, from now through the big day. 
It's nothing but frights and scares. <laughs> <laughs> During this time of year, I'm very motivated to talk about this stuff. Yeah, same. You know, we did a show about the summer, and neither of us really loved the summer. We kind of just rolled with it anyway. Now, Boy, when that was a fucking hit, wasn't it? <laughs> Lowest viewed episode since, like, number three. <laughs> but when we talk about Halloween and, and horror and stuff like that, it is the absolute pinnacle for us. So we love doing it. But that brings me to something else. Mm. It is our one-year anniversary here on The Purple Oh, Stuff yes, Pop. that's right. We've managed to last one full year. <laughs> a lot of people have been reminding us on Twitter. And I'm like, really? Well, that's also because year? we're like three <laughs> weeks late on a new episode. And they're like, ah, yeah. so your anniversary, huh? You going to maybe do anything to celebrate? Like put up a show? <laughs> You guys are done already? It's only been a year. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't say weekly. We just said we lasted a year. <laughs> What's tonight's topic? How are we going to kick off the spooky season? We were both in agreement that we wanted to start off with something really strong for the first Halloween episode. Of course. First impressions are everything. So tonight, we are going to be counting down some seriously scary scenes from horror movies. Not only horror movies, though. Right. Stuff that legitimately frightened us. Like, wasn't just like we understand from our artistic point of view that it's upsetting and spooky. Mm -hmm. Things that got us. Yeah, got under Right our in the skin. stomachs. Yeah. Things that got under our skin. Some movies are newer. Some are older. Some star Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be starting out tonight? <sighs> you. All right. Here's my first pick. Seriously scary scenes. Number one. sure you're familiar with the movie halloween right matt <laughs> halloween what's that <laughs> yes i am very familiar with halloween the original the best john carpenter's halloween and of course there's a lot of scary scenes in that movie but one in particular is where i'm going and that is when Lori and her friends are walking home from school do you remember this uh, when she's like she keeps thinking she sees him. Lori's walking home with her girlfriends, and it looks like fall out there, but then we've come to find out that it's like all fake leaves and stuff. Right, <laughs> so, yeah. so she's walking home, and behind a bush, you know, Michael Myers walks out, and she's trying to figure out whether that's real or fake. Right, right. So for most of my life, like the most chilling scene of any movie I'd ever seen was when she finally gets home and drops off her books and she looks out the window to the side of the house. Oh, this part, yes. And there's like sheets hanging off of the clothesline and the sheets are blown in the wind and she sees Michael Myers staring at She's, her. He's standing there and he, like, you know, you're right. The sheets are like flowing in front of him, but it's broad daylight. Yeah. Which just makes it so much creepier. I know everyone loves PJ Soul's boobs, and I'm not denying you that, but for me, this is probably the money shot of the whole film for me. See anything you like? <laughs> <laughs> I first saw this movie on television when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. watching it with my sister. It was like, I guess it must have been like a TV edit. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there watching it with her, and this is when he was doing the whole bedsheet ghost thing. Mm -hmm. With the glasses on. Right, right, right. So, like, I'm shrinking into the couch. I'm dying. I'm a little fucking kid. Yeah. And she just gets up and leaves, like, without a word. She goes in her bedroom, closes the door. I'm just frozen on the couch. <laughs> this movie. I... Yeah. It, it used to send tingles down my spine when I saw that scene. And then when she's looking out the window as well and she sees him like across the street, like any of those scenes where he just pops up out of nowhere. I yeah. Love it's like he improves with distance. I don't get it. Yeah. It's like the further away he is, the worse it gets for you. Yeah. It's kind of true, though, because if you think about it, like the scenes where he's like all up in your face doing his little knife dance in front of the camera. 
Those are nowhere near the most effective scenes in the Halloween series. You don't know what he's going to do. You could be looking out your window. Do you see some guy out there staring at you? Like, you got to put yourself in her shoes. <laughs> well, know? unfortunately, that does happen. We have some nosy neighbors. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like, you look out the window and there's some, like, shirtless man with a cigar staring right back at you. And you're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but he's not wearing, like, a Star Trek mask. You wish he was, though. <laughs> you know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Number two. Stephen King. I mean, what is it? And George Romero. I've never seen nothing like that before. Are at it again. <laughs> Creep Show 2. Rated R. We'll be seeing you. Starts tomorrow. Check local newspaper for show times. My first pick comes from 1987's Creep Show 2. Oh, man. Yeah, that one was like, I think, three mini-movies in one, and four if you count the wraparound. Yeah, yeah. And as far as pure scares go, I'm focusing on the one called The Raft. Okay. You got a bunch of kids horsing around on an abandoned lake, and they're floating on this big wooden raft. Like, it's almost like a flat ship. Yeah. Like <laughs> It's like, I don't understand. They call it The Raft, but it's not. It's more like a dock. <laughs> Just want to differentiate for yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah. But getting back on track, they're all out there. They're having fun. They're being horny teenagers and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, they start getting killed one by one by this amorphous blob of sludge. <laughs> just like an oil slick, but it's alive. Yeah, the best line, I don't believe in oil slicks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never said it had, like, you know, it wasn't very strong in the script department, but it really knocked it out of the park with uh, slime-eating people. <laughs> it did. So it would basically just, like, envelope them completely and just like turn them into these slime monsters and they just ate them envelope envelope right. yes, yes yeah yeah envelope that's <laughs> what <laughs> <sighs> heather logan camp <laughs> yeah so like this monster could get the back of your heel and then like you were done for yeah i can't pick the whole thing for the scariest scene so i'm going to focus on the it's near the end so yeah. when there's two survivors left, there's one guy and one girl. So the girl's, like, passed out from the exhaustion of the complete insanity. Yeah. And in typical 80s movie fashion, the guy tries to make out with her, even though she's, like, unconscious. Yeah, that was it was crazy. Yeah, I'm like, you know, <laughs> in 2016, you try that shit in a movie, like, you better make sure that guy's a villain. Yeah. When you're watching this, you like you just feel like, what are you doing? Just yeah, stop. Like he, yeah, yeah, this is basically rape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, of course, she wakes up, and she realizes that the sludge had come up through the crevices between the wooden planks and got her in the face. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, even now, I can't think of many worse fates, and I've seen a lot of spooky movies. <laughs> like as far as the ways to die this would be pretty low on the list yeah it's pretty gross too. yeah like you could, i'll get eaten by a giant monster you know kill a shark whatever it's like this is way worse than most of what i've seen in movies and her name was laverne laverne it was right. laverne wasn't it and i'm like nobody's named laverne. in fact yeah well like, that's the thing she was actually the last person to be named laverne yeah she was yeah. <laughs> because you only know Laverne because of Laverne and Shirley. I don't know anyone named Laverne. Um, <laughs> Laverne, 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 Laverne. You're right. That's, there's been two Lavernes in history. I know. Laverne and Shirley and the girl from the raft. Yeah. <laughs> two things, two observations. Mm. I notice that you always have this adoration for films that showed up in WPIX Shocktober promos. That's That could be it. <laughs> because there's one scene in the raft early on, the first girl, when she gets subdued yeah. by this slime monster, she's got her arm out reaching out oh, of the yeah, water. Oh, yeah, that's a classic that's shot. From, yeah, that's like from, like, I saw that on WPIX promos like a million times. On New York's movie station. <laughs> Shocktober. Shock, Shocktober. <laughs> so the second observation mm. they're trying to float back to the car right and the fucking car doors are open they got out of the car right 
left both doors open. Okay, but here's a couple of things I want to point out. Number one, they were going to an abandoned lake. There's supposed to be nobody around. And number two, this was back during a time when all the cars were made out of that fucking thick plastic. <laughs> so, like, you leave the car door shut on a hot day, you go back in the car and sit down, like, your ass will fucking start burning. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, anybody, you can get a vagrant that goes in there and starts to go to sleep or take well, a Well, I mean, and they're, who's, who's going to expect to get attacked by a living oil slick? They figured they could get back there. I'm sure the keys weren't in the car. <laughs> well, okay. Just take it hypothetically, though. Mm. When you get out, say you were going to, like, Great Adventure. Yeah. You're like, oh, man, I can't wait to get in there. Let's just leave our car doors open. <laughs> well, it wouldn't do that because it's in a iffy part of Jersey and then surrounded by people. But you take me to an abandoned lake, and I'm right there with these kids. <laughs> See, what if the next part of that scene, the sludge monster got in and hot-wired the car and drove it away? Well, he did demonstrate a ability to get on land if he needs to. <laughs> That's true. I beat you. you. I beat you! Number. Three. Some believe the mind can be possessed by insatiable horror. Tell this family the facts. And that's not gonna happen with me. Others know it. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. It's called shining. You would never hurt mommy and me, would you? Jack Nicholson in The Shining, Wednesday night at 7 here on Channel 16. This next one is from The Shining. Ooh. The Shining's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And when you're talking The Shining, it has some really famous scenes. You know, here's Johnny and all that stuff like that. Right. So, I'm curious, what would be your most frightening scene? Yeah, I mean, the most chilling scene to me is when Danny is riding his trike around the Overlook Hotel in the hallways, and he stops dead in his tracks, and he sees the Grady twins, the oh, two girls. Come and play with us, Danny. And the first time I saw that film, like, what the fuck? Because right. that is one of those moments where your jaw drops open and it really creeps you out because you don't know why they're there, who they are. You don't know anything about it until you start to realize those were the daughters of the Grady family. Right, but weren't they also, like, the first real visual evidence of bullshit going on in that hotel? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you know, Laura, what's going on here? You know, something, something can't be right because I wouldn't be watching a movie about a non-haunted hotel in the fucking woods. <laughs> And what's my first clue going to be? And it's like a huge fucking mega clue. It's not like, yeah. you know, a clock falling off the wall or a creek at night. No, it's two fucking dead girls. <laughs> yeah. Forever. And ever. And ever. I'm telling you, though, when I saw them, my heart, like, skipped a beat the first time because I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? And then they show those little flashes of the family, like, being cut up all over the hallway. Right, I think blood, eventually every... you see, like, shots of their bloodied corpses. Mm -hmm. Yep, there's blood splattered all over the walls. But the way it's shot and the music and everything. Yeah, it's like, the way oh, it's God. edited, it's like, yeah. it's almost like, um, it sounds like a Sesame Street, like, fucking xylophone in the back. <laughs> But the, for some reason, it just makes it so much scarier. That's really a good impression. Yeah. Well, I actually did the sound effect for the film. <laughs> so this whole thing with Danny riding his bike, because you put yourself in Danny's shoes when you're young. Kids, yeah. Fucking kids. <laughs> but holy shit. And what really hit it home, too, was when they showed up in the game room. Because you don't want to run into them in the game room. You just want to have fun. You want to clear your head, you know, play, right. some, play some foosball. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not a three-person game. No, no. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think if I find that scene, or just them in general, scarier than the dog suit man. Yeah, the dog suit man, you brought this up on the show once, I think. And that is very creepy because it takes you off guard. Ghosts, I understand. Even skeleton ghosts, I understand. But why the fuck is there a giant squirrel? <laughs> and is Give he doing what i think he's doing yeah, yeah. Is he doing what i think he's doing yeah <laughs> so the shining and the grady twins nice pick thanks it's just like pictures in a book Danny. it isn't real number four i 
can get rid of the demons. Who are you? I can block the ladder. Where are you taking me? Where am I? Where do you want to go? Home. This is your home. You're dead. I'm not dead. What are you then? I'm alive. Oh boy. Okay. This one is from 1990's Jacob's Ladder which on the whole is the absolute scariest movie experience I have ever had. Yeah, you always say that. It's definitely a creepy film. Well, the thing is for me, it's like I didn't see it until like 1999, 2000. Mm -hmm. And I was under the influence of things that I don't think I should discuss on the podcast. <laughs> Let's just say that me and Super Mario had more in common than being Italian. <laughs> so just picture watching Jacob's fucking ladder that yeah. way. Uh, the movie stars Tim Robbins, mm -hmm. and it's about a guy who might be dead, he might be in hell, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on, but he's seeing demons all over the place. Right. And I say demons, and that doesn't sound so scary, but Jacob's Ladder is like the movie that had the most influence on so much other shit you've seen since. Mm -hmm. Like, the Silent Hill video game series has given so much credit to Jacob's Ladder. That movie, to me, it's like, it goes beyond just, like, scares. Because, to me, it's not like a traditional horror film or anything like that, but it's got the realistic vibe to it. Well, so. it's just the, you know, the thing about it, it, first of all, I have to disagree. I mean, it's a horror movie, even if they wanted it to be something else, and I'm sure they did, because mm -hmm. it was so mainstream. Yeah. But... It is such an unpleasant experience. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's not a happy movie. No. And it's like, I can't, you can't even call it entertaining because it's so upsetting. Yeah, yeah. And for me, the scariest scene is when um, Tim Robbins, who is mm -hmm. playing Jacob, of course, mm -hmm. has this like hallucination about being dragged through this sort of hospital slash asylum. Yes. And there's like bloody body parts all over the oh floors. My God. And everyone who's there is like a madman with like a bloody forehead, just like yes. crawling around and gnarling. Do you know how like when he's getting wheeled around, he's looking around and he's seeing all kinds kinds of freaks and yeah. blood and all this. I feel that way when I go to a hospital. Like, not that the people are like this, but I get that same feeling he was getting. No, it, it's definitely not a place to go people watching. Like, yeah, the hospital it, is not. <laughs> no, it's yeah. a par It's definitely causes, like, paranoia and, like, you know, it skeeves you out. You yeah, know? well, I mean, the scene was partially playing on that fear. It's playing on a lot of fears, but yeah. definitely that. It's, like, literally five minutes straight of this with him being wheeled around on a gurney and just seeing these terrible fucking things. Yeah. And then at the end, of course, he gets, like, he finds out that he's just there to get, like, some weird fucking alien surgery. Yeah. And this demon comes down with a giant needle, and the demon has no fucking face. I call him No-Eye Guy. No-Eye Guy, that's right. <laughs> he looks like, you know, Silly Putty Sam. <laughs> yeah, he's, he sticks the needle right in his forehead. It, oh, man, but before that, he's getting rolled around. There's, like, a cage above him, and there's this woman, like, breastfeeding, like, a 14-year-old baby. Right, like, the, the, <laughs> the, it's very, you can't, like, sense a pattern because all of the people at the asylum, like, there's no set rhyme or reason to them. Yeah, and there's just, like, arms and hands laying all over the really, ground. Really, really gross. Like a butcher shop with people parts. There's organs all over the floor, and the gurney's running over right. the organs. Oh, it's oh, the worst. And they, feel... and that's such a brilliant shot, because I, uh, I think I've seen a making of special in this movie, or at least a special feature. If I remember things correctly, they made it so that one of the wheels was always off the ground, so it would be, like, spinning around erratically as oh. they're rolling it. Wow. It's like they knew how to create a fucking scare in that fucking movie. Yeah. And the organs that it was rolling over were 100% real. Yeah, they were absolutely real. Absolutely. People volunteered. <laughs> their organs. Their, they donated their organs yeah. to the movie. You wanna, they, they, <laughs> they, they totally misconstrued that. Hey, you want to be in a movie flyer? <laughs> uh. If you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. Number five. There is a balance to the universe. The struggle to maintain that balance is the stuff of legends. <laughs> the new film from the director of Alien. I found my true mate. You disgust me. Starring Tom Cruise and Tim Curry. <laughs> Legend. Rated PG. Starts Friday at select theaters. My next pick is from a movie called Legend. Oh, boy. <laughs> and as a kid, I dug the fantasy movies like Labyrinth and Return to Oz. Those were like my films. And Legend was a colossal 
HBO movie for me. Like it was one of those movies that when it was on HBO, it was like a tractor beam that pulled me in. You know? Yeah, yeah, I've had a few of those movies too. I know exactly what you mean. I'd be at like my aunt's house or my friend's house, and then like my mom would come to pick me up, and I would like literally beg her to stay an extra two hours just so I can watch it there and then leave. <laughs> so I have a question for you before you get into scary scenes from this movie. Uh huh. I've not seen it personally. Okay. But I've seen clips, and to me, it just sort of looked like Lord of the Rings, but starring like a hairless version of the band from Showbiz Pizza. <laughs> what is this fucking movie about? Okay, so there's a couple of unicorns, mm -hmm. and Mia Sarah, uh, the girl from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. I'm, and I'm with you. I'm with you so far. It's sounding good so far. Yeah, and Tom Cruise. Okay. And Tom Cruise meets Darkness, who is the Lord of Darkness, played by Tim Curry. Yes, I know that part, of course. And there's uh, some goblins, and it's really cool. So is Tim Curry's <laughs> big devil dude, is he like the big bad of the movie? Yeah, yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I thought he was the devil. Like, I thought that that, when you said devil... Right, I well, I mean, it, was, it was a very literal... It was like the, the uh, devil Halloween costume, but done really, really well. <laughs> Yeah, and like the biggest horns of anything you've yeah. ever seen in your life. Like horns that made you feel inadequate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm taking it that Tim Curry is not your scariest thing about this movie that's what i was gonna get to and the fact that like i loved scary villains and i loved watching it as a kid because the lord of darkness was in it but as i got older uh, I, I really had an appreciation for another character who she scared me the character meg mucklebones who is meg uh, mucklebones yeah meg mucklebones <laughs> Meg Mucklebones. She uh, is a swamp hag, right? But swamp hag? What does that mean? Well, let me look this. Hold on. Yeah, Meg. She's a witch goblin. Meg but what... Muckle, Mucklebones. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't want to repeat her lines or try to dress as her for Halloween because you know she was. Oh gross. yeah, I could see. I mean, she kind of. Oh, she wow, was... she's gnarly. Yeah, she's scary, mildly unattractive. I mean, she looks kind of like a classic Halloween witch, but mixed yeah. with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, I mean, and a hundred times more disgusting. Yeah, this is like, I mean, when did the legend come out? Because this would have terrified me as a kid. I think it was like 86. Off wow, yeah, that was, uh, you were prime age to get fucked. Yeah, she didn't wear a bra, I noticed. And that always kind of creeped me out, too. You would notice, and according to the fan art I'm seeing... <laughs> Because, of course, there's fan art, dirty fan art of Meg Mucklebones. Goblin tits. Yeah, she's got them. <laughs> so Tom Cruise's character runs into her in a swamp. Mm -hmm. And he thinks, oh, that's it for him. She's going to eat this guy. And instead, he's trying to weasel his way out of it so he doesn't get eaten. So he's trying to, like, lay it on thick to her to tell her how attractive she is to him. Oh, are you kidding? He's, like, macking it to Meg Mucklebones? Yeah, yeah he's macking it. Exactly. And he takes his sword out and slashes her head straight off her neck. In pictures, this Meg Mucklebones is tough to deal with. But in motion, she's something. Like, that's she's a scary. legit scary yeah. monster. And she's all wet because she lives in the swamp, you know? Yeah, it's, it's really... Oh, wow. That's impressive. Within the universe, she doesn't look that jarring because everybody looks like that. But when you really just take her for what she is out of context, right. she's really frightening. What a fine cat boy you are, Jack. You don't really mean to eat me, do you, ma'am? Oh, indeed I do! <laughs> Originally, Ridley Scott, the director, was thinking of having Richard O'Brien from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, who played Riff Raff. Yeah, as Meg Mucklebones? As Meg Mucklebones, because Tim Curry was playing Darkness. It would have been a reunion. It would have been an awesome Rocky, Rocky Horror reunion in this weird movie. So in his place, they didn't hire him, I guess, but in his place, this guy, Robert Picardo. That's Robert Picardo from Gremlins 2? Yes, from <gasps> yeah. Are you kidding? This dude has not only been in Gremlins 2, but also The Burbs and like 10,000 other movies that you've seen. Robert Picardo. Whew. Who needs this tender morsel? Disturbing red muckle Number six. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm too scared in case I fall off my chair. 
Okay, this is an odd pick, but not all of the scariest movie scenes came from horror movies. Hmm, interesting. Mm, Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs came out in 1992. <laughs> There's that accent. Again. Reservoir Dogs. I'm going to call it Our Dogs from here on okay. out, all right? All right. I think that'll be safer. Okay. And I don't know how people responded to Our Dogs back in 92. <laughs> But by the later part of the 90s, when I was, like, finishing high school, yeah, that was one of the ultimate cool flicks to see. Yeah. Like, people would wear Reservoir dog shirts to school. Like, it was the same as, like, wearing a shirt for a really cool band. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't meant to be a scary movie in any way, but its most famous scene was as disturbing as anything from both of our lists tonight. Well, I mean, that's debatable. But... No, it's it's indisputable. <laughs> <laughs> all right tell us about it i'm not going to go into the whole convoluted plot it's like you know it's a tarantino movie so i'll be here till next week if i start <laughs> trying to detail what happens in it but you have this criminal called mr blonde he's played by michael madsen okay and he's got a cop held hostage and he's tied to a chair mm -hmm. and i guess he's supposed to either just stay there to make sure the cop doesn't get away or maybe get some information out of him mm -hmm. but instead he tortures him and yeah. he even gives him this whole speech about how he's just doing it because he wants to. He doesn't mm -hmm. care what the cop knows or says. He's going to torture him. Look, it, I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. And then he, he starts dancing to Stuck in the Middle with You. <laughs> yes. And he goes over to his face and he just cuts his ear off. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like they cut away so you don't actually see the action happen and then they mm -hmm. cut back and you see him holding the severed ear yeah and he's like talking into it and he's he's totally like goofing on the guy and then he just tossed it I think. yeah and like I, at the time i remember all of us little little rebels being, <laughs> yeah fight the machine you know we're smoking clothes by the fence and we're all about mr blonde but when you watch that movie on your own you really absorb what's going on you're like holy shit this is really upsetting yeah, I mean, you veer on the, the realistic horrors, I noticed. Well, it's for me, the scariest things in movies are the ones that you can imagine happening to you. Like Godzilla attacking my city and stomping on my house. Eh, it's not going to happen. Right, but, but a guy... I might, I might get fucking <laughs> caught up in some weird heist and get killed by a torturer. <laughs> Very interesting, though. I, I do notice that um, all this reality stuff that you you get but you're not scared necessarily by oh, i'm scared let me tell no, you i am scared no. when you first saw that movie you weren't like oh i'm scared no I but get... like i said that's because it was one of those movies that you watched with your friends in high school and you all just sort of cheered and acted like you fucking understood a fucking word of it yeah and then when you get a little older and you actually can understand it you realize that <laughs> that scene's not meant to be <laughs> aspirational it's <laughs> fucking the worst it is bad. It's like it makes you fear for your family and your friends, and it makes you not want to be part of society. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. That was my pick. Reservoir Dogs. Mr. Brown. Mr. White. Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blue. Mr. Orange. Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? Number seven. What you are witnessing are the murders of five families captured on film. To this day, none of the cases have been solved. The only thing that connects them is the appearance of this figure. The ancient church believed he actually lived in the images themselves. What is happening? Rated R in theaters October 12th. My next pick comes from a movie called Sinister. Sinister. Yeah. And this film is notorious for having a villain called Bagul. Bagul. So the film opens with a hanging scene where there's like a family of four and they have these bags over their heads. Mm -hmm. They're hanging from a tree. Their, their feet are kind of moving around. And then you see someone pull something like a rope or something and then they fall and then they hang. Right. But it's like, a, it's correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a home movie. So it's done on like Super 8 and it gives this footage like a really low quality tone to it. So it not only feels like old home movies, but it actually is because they did use old film to do that right and but the thing is it's so like the opposite of stylish that it feels like more legitimate 
I have not seen Sinister, but you did tell me you were going to use this as one of yeah. your picks. Mm-hmm. That's a way to fucking open a horror movie and say that you're not messing around. Exactly. Like, yes. This isn't a loud pop song with some splattery opening logo. It's fucking dead kids hanging from a tree. I don't know if there's any other movie that starts out like this. It's just so disturbing to kick off a movie like that. But the family's dangling from the tree there, and you kind of see that someone rigged this. It's almost like a snuff movie, you know? And someone pulls this rope, causes the family to hang, and Ethan Hawke, who is the writer of true crime books, he's mm-hmm. in this... In the, he's a star of the film, he sees this footage that was in his attic and he decides to go on this sort of investigation to write his next book. How does the Hanging Family relate to Babagool? <laughs> so there's a demon. He takes kids and he makes them kind of like murder people. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Okay. That's... But you don't find that out until the end. So Bagul keeps pulling some shenanigans uh, around and creeping everybody out. And out of all the scenes in the movie with the demon Bagul, which I love, this one still stands out the most for me. And it's hard to get that image out of your head, you know, because it just feels so real. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I've been thinking about it all day and it's not a pleasant thought. It's just so striking of a visual that you know that when they were filming that, they must have kind of creeped themselves out too. Right. You know? I mean, how much levity could the director bring by telling chicken cross the street jokes? Like, you're still up in a tree fucking hanging by your neck. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, okay, stop dangling now. Stop dangling. It's just... I guess it's probably not hard to, like, get into the role when you're actually, like, doing it. Yeah. And it's easy to play dead. Yeah. I mean, granted, they weren't asking much for them. They had their heads covered, and they just had to sort of hang there, literally. But uh, still, kudos to the team. Fine acting. Yeah. Number eight. Plan now to stay home Tuesday. The Exorcist is coming to network television for the first time. The problem with your daughter is not her bed. It's her brain. Her 12-year-old daughter is suddenly transformed. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. How far will her mother go to save her? The Exorcist Tuesday. I've talked to a few people who think that The Exorcist is starting to show its age a bit. And I'm I like, can see that, yeah. Well, I mean, it's from 1973, I mean, so maybe it is. I don't know. But I still think it's super effective. I think it is the subjective choice as the scariest movie of all time. Right, and, you know, the thing is when I say that, because I kind of agree, mm-hmm. but when I say that, I feel like people are like, no, that's what the fucking VH1 specials and the, the what Bravo's top whatever, yeah. Yeah. you're just parroting shit you've heard. That's not really it. But I don't know. I mean, I saw this movie when I was, like, I guess 16 yeah on television and yeah it's especially it when you're a me. kid yeah when you're a kid well it was go- barely a kid it was practically yeah. an adult and yeah. it's still like <laughs> yeah i was growing up i probably was like maybe 12 or 13 when i first saw it and it scared the shit out of me right and the thing is because you know some people say it's dated it is it has a style that never would fly today because people are never that slow and deliberate in an era when everyone wants things now <laughs> yeah like that's not a uh movie by way of a trailer like that is like a fucking hard ass gripping crazy story that you're gonna have to endure yeah like you're not there to slap five and enjoy mm. the popcorn right <laughs> so the actual exorcism gets most of the press but mm. for me that was more like fascinating than scary mm-hmm. for me the scariest scene was when uh mom catches reagan masturbating with the crucifix that shit was crazy She wasn't necessarily even masturbating instead of stabbing herself in the crotch. How the fuck did they get away with it back then? Yeah, and she was supposed to be a young girl, but... She, yeah, I mean, I know it was not in those scenes she wasn't played by one, but at the same time, you're still portraying a little kid. Yeah, and, and, and what happens after that? <laughs> that is the part I want to get to, because yeah, the, the, yeah. crystallizing the entire movie into one little tiny moment that yep. defines it, and this yeah. is the scariest thing about it. Yeah is when the fucking mom's on the floor and possessed Reagan turns her head and she lets out her classic line. Do you know what she did? Your cunting daughter. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Scariest part in the movie. Scariest part maybe from any movie. Yeah. She's like, she sounds like a gravelly Hannibal Lecter. 
And like yeah. the the phrase doesn't even make sense, really. Doesn't make sense, and she turns her head all the way around. Yeah, and it is just creepy as hell. And after she's done stabbing herself in the crotch with the cross, she takes her mom's face, and they don't show it, but she shoves her mom's face. Oh my in god, it. you're right. Yeah, she, like, like oh my god, it's almost like the Nasty Boys used to do the pit stop, but it's the crotch stop. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Nasty Boys reference. NB, represent. <laughs> and if someone hasn't seen The Exorcist and they pull up this clip on YouTube, they're going to think it's freaky, but it's so much worse when you have the whole context of the film. Yep. And you see her gradual decline. You have to see Reagan as the innocent young girl at first to be able to understand what's happening. So that's my pick. Cunting daughter, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they couldn't use fucking? No. There's uh, no, because cunting is so much worse than fucking. And by the way, I love the TV edits. Where yeah, like, well, they, oh, every, they every fucking time this movie has shown on television, on network television, they've cut it up a different way. Oh, yeah. So sometimes you get, well, do you know what she did? And they cut out the second line. Or sometimes they cut out cunting daughter. So you're, your daughter. <laughs> yeah. They just made words up sometimes. Right, right, right. They just... <laughs> and then, like, my sister and I would repeat the lines that they edited in, and we would always think that those were the lines in the movie. Right, right. <laughs> and then years later, we'd be like, what edit is this? I've never heard of this line Yeah, before. eventually you see the movie the way it's made, and you're like, oh, my God, it really is scary. <laughs> well, then, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Carras. And I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. Number nine. This next one comes from Psycho, the classic Alfred Hitchcock story with Norman Bates who runs the Bates Motel. Uh-huh. I mean, most people are familiar with the story from Psycho, you know, Norman I think Bates. everyone is, even if they've never seen it, you kind of have to be at this point. Yeah. Runs a motel, kills some people and whatnot, you know, <laughs> so. But he's just so damn lovable. He is. He's a lovable guy. Yeah. So uh, in the finale of this classic film, there's a part where, um, you know what, shit, I don't have the lady's name. Hold on one second. My bad. It's Laverne. No, it's not Laverne. Ugh. Oh, fuck. If you really don't want me to leave this shit in, you got to stop doing funny stuff like dropping glasses. <laughs> okay, sorry. So towards the end in the finale, you know, there's the blonde girl. Right, that's her, offic that's her that's name. That's her official name, yes. Yeah, BG. <laughs> yeah, so she's uh, running into the house. She's running down the stairs to get away from everything. And, and we see Norman run into the house to run upstairs, right? Yeah. This is where she makes a big mistake and she walks down the stairs into the basement. And there's a figure rocking back and forth on the chair. And it looks like a woman that has a bun in her hair. And the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, it's, this is Norman's mom. We finally get to see what she looks like. Yeah. She walks up to her and she turns the chair around and it's like a skull. So it's like a dead mom. It's yeah, it's like a fucking $50 prop from Party City. But that's kind of what makes it cool. But it's actually supposed to be Norman's mom's skeleton. She wasn't alive. Well, yeah. So Norman comes in, and this is the whole part of the scene that I was going to bring up, is that at that moment, Norman walks through the door, and he's got his mother's dress and the wig on. And the concept of this scene it might even get lost on some people because it's not as cut and dry as you would think. It's not just him coming out wanting to murder her. There's a bizarre kind of tone on his face, right? <laughs> this is what used to scare me because his face wasn't like, I'm going to kill you. He looked so goofy and awkward. There was this weird extreme happiness and proudness in his face. Well, I just took it as, you know, all these people were stage actors, so he's always, he's playing to the back row, baby. <laughs> Tone it down, Norman. You, If you see this scene, though, it's just not what you expected. And right, and it's they, also quick. It's like 
down the stairs, really slow build, turns yep. the thing, ah, and then he's there in a fucking outfit. And then the cops just get him. And right, then that's right. It. It's like, but Jesus it was just Christ. that, yeah, it was just that that's face. an hour of plot in like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. But it was just that face that used to get me because any other scary movie you see when some guy comes out and has a knife on you, he's going to look like he wants to kill you and he's going to have an angry face on or a scary face. You're going so crazy about this face that I need to see it. So let yeah, me you need to see the face. I mean, that... I've seen this fucking scene a million times, but maybe I just have never paid enough. I, I didn't read the, the book, Psycho, but I feel like this is also a cathartic moment for him when he feels like, hey... I dress in my mom's clothes and I want to tell the world. That's let me sort of. see. Let me see what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking. He's joyous. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like he's. Like, it looks like a little kid running into the room to see the all the presents under the tree. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> he's like, oh my god, you're here! I could kill you. <laughs> my plan worked. Yeah, it's like you met my mom. Yeah, and then what's with this? This guy's giving him like a very gentle uh, headlock, and he is writhing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just such a weird scene. I think the weirdness and the unexpected nature of how he reacted—that's what used to get me. It wasn't even like seeing a terrifying skeleton sitting there in his mom's clothes. Because right, let's face it. I mean, this guy—I love this. I can't. What the fuck is his name again? Anthony Perkins, like, he's not a physically imposing guy. No. So he's if he stands there like Michael Myers did in Halloween by the fucking, you know, clothing line, it's not going to work. <laughs> exactly. So he needs to do this crazy shit. He's a psycho. They'll see and they'll know and they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Number 10. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. It was really good. I don't usually come to see these kind of movies, but... Hey, the movie was incredible. It was better than the first one. <laughs> you scared? Oh, man, you're a pinhead. You're not scared. I like the movie Pinhead. Yeah. It was awesome. I don't understand how that guy got those things out of his head, though. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. I'm i guess a lot of our listeners have seen the original hellraiser and yeah. maybe a lot of them have even seen the third one because it used to be on cable all the time yeah but hellraiser 2 is like its own beast yeah it's like ghoulies 2 mixed with <laughs> bram stoker's dracula <laughs> like i can't really think of any other way to describe it it is mm. crazy yeah the first movie pushed the envelope but the second one was just all insane and weird yeah but there's one scene that happens even before all the shit hits the fan mm -hmm. that to me is still one of the most disturbing and disgusting fucking things ever put in a movie <laughs> i'm not going to give you the whole plot but basically you have this like kind of like evil doctor tricking one of his mental patients into cutting himself to pieces oh god and the way he's able to do this is because the the patient thinks that he's covered in insects Yes. So like the maggots. Doc, right. Oh, God. Yeah. Please don't even say the word. Don't even say the word. Let's not go there. Let's just say they're bugs. Okay. Bugs. Yeah. Sorry. Bugs. Yeah. So the doctor, like, the, this guy's usually restrained, but the doctor lets him up and he gives him a fucking razor and he starts scratching at these imaginary oh. fucking bugs. Ugh. Get him off me! From the audience perspective, when you're looking at him, he's covered in these big open wounds. Yeah. But then you see shots from his perspective mm. where you see all these fucking bugs in the wounds. Yeah. Oh, that it was just so disgusting. It's <laughs> like it, it's an early scene that really is not even an important scene, at least from a visual standpoint. Mm. So it's like, wow, I'm like this is what this movie's gonna be. Like this Hellraiser Two is not one of those ones you use <laughs> to get somebody who isn't into horror movies into horror movies. <laughs> no joke. We do obviously some research before we record the podcast. Mm -hmm. But this is the one scene I could not bring myself to watch again. Oh man, it was disturbing. Yeah, and I felt bad for you because I knew you probably needed to see it to yeah. jolt your memory. Yeah, I haven't. So seen... good luck eating dinner for the next six <laughs> nights. Number 11. From Artisan Entertainment, it began as a mystery. It became a phenomenon. And now it's as close as your remote control. 
for the first time on television, the Blair Witch Project comes to pay-per-view. Experience the movie critics call a groundbreaker in fright. An instant classic. I hear him downstairs! The Blair Witch Project, now on pay-per-view. Lights on, lights off. You decide how to watch it. So everybody's real familiar with my last pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that is a scene from the Blair Witch Project. Oh, yes. And that's a movie that basically changed my life. <laughs> yeah, you were like the biggest... It's so funny because you don't usually get these kind of like crazy passions for these one specific things yeah you're like kind of just sort of into everything i try to be <laughs> yeah but with blair witch you're like laser focused if it says blair witch on it you gotta read it if, yeah if someone says blair witch you gotta listen it really totally changed my life though for real and i saw it in the theater like opening night and from that point forward i was like man this is something that i could really get into because i love all the lore that they made up before the film i thought that was fantastic right and we had the benefit of being online when yeah. that was like really just first starting the people out there who didn't experience the film and all the fervor about it as it was going on i feel bad for them because they didn't really see the movie for what it was no. when it, I mean, this was, these were early days for online, and the internet was much more gullible. And not that people went to the movie all thinking it was real. A lot of people did. A lot of yeah. people did, and it just added to the legend of the movie, even if yeah. you knew it was fake. Right. It just kind of made it more important. Yeah, totally. And and they used the internet to their advantage because it, it started to go viral. And it was one of the first movies to do that. I actually worked at the movies at that point. And what was interesting about it is that, like you said, some people thought it was 100% real. Because I couldn't tell you how many people came to me and said, is this, a, is this real? Is this a documentary? If you're going in there looking at it like that, it changes what you're seeing. Found footage has become a style, and this is before it was really a style. I'm not saying it was the first one ever did it. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But it popularized it, so people weren't used to this, and it felt like a documentary gone wrong. Yeah. And you had movies like Cannibal Holocaust and Last Broadcast, but Blair Witch took it to the next level, and it was unbelievable at the time a lot of people went home and they they thought it was the worst movie they'd ever seen i had people come and telling me oh i got sick the camera work made me God, vomit these people, you know? I, i'm like i'm such a baby like you put me in a car for five minutes I'm like you gotta pull over man i'm just like, i'm gonna fucking hurl but i've been to these movies like blair witch well i haven't yeah. seen blair witch in theaters but i saw cloverfield and people are always saying they throw up after seeing yeah. them like yeah. what really yeah like, is like your just stomach... close your eyes if it's getting too erratic yeah what's wrong you got lids <laughs> your stomach like do you ever like walk around or drive on a bumpy yeah, road Jesus like what Christ. <laughs> if, if you're that sensitive why are you in that seat yeah so blair witch had a, a sequence at the end of the film oh, yeah. that it's notorious for and to me it's one of the most terrifying scenes ever like of any movie because it, it's very unexplained so basically, Josh disappears at, at one point in the film. Right. They find bloody scraps, like, of a shirt and teeth. Yeah, and, and they, the teeth are like, oh, wow, that was a good little scene there. Yeah, and they hear him screaming in the distance, and then they happen upon a magical cottage deep within the woods. <laughs> Look like Smurf Village. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a shitty abandoned house that looks like people got murdered there or like children got murdered right you know? it's like the absolute it's not the house you want to find in the middle of the woods it's <laughs> yeah. like the complete opposite of the happy house that you're hoping to find when you're lost in the woods yeah the complete opposite of that they run down the stairs mike gets like bonked maybe over the head or whatever and drops the camera then you see mike standing in the corner yeah just standing standing there, there still in the corner right and his back is to the camera heather seems to get hit maybe over the head or whatever her camera drops right, right? and like, like the last moment she's like what's going on She's freaking out because why is he standing there like that? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And then she gets bumped. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure in a way because you could think whatever the hell you want of this ending. Well, I feel like I've talked to people who feel like it was a cheat, and usually in these kind of movies, I agree with that. But in this case, I think if it works, it's not a cheat. And in this case, it worked. Because I, I didn't see this movie in theaters. I saw it on video. Maybe it was mm -hmm. like 99 or so, maybe even yeah. 2000. Mm -hmm. But it was I was alone, and it was dark, and I was in my bedroom. That movie ended, and I'm just like, what have I done? Why did I watch this movie alone in the dark? <laughs> Yeah, at first they're happy. They're they're going on a little adventure. And yeah, they're like they're staying in a little little hotel, drinking their fucking drink. 
I'm like, hey, I'll go. I can go too. I I want to be there. Yeah, yeah. But then it's just, oh, it's all downhill from yeah. there. Once Mike kicks that map in the river. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I kicked the. I'm sorry. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. But I, I kicked that fucking map into the creek yesterday. <laughs> it was useless. I kicked that fucker into the creek. <laughs> Number 12. Only one film this summer has Robo Action. Robo Heat. Robo Power. Robocop 2 Maximum Thrash. Rated R. Starts Friday, June 22nd at theaters everywhere. My last pick is pretty weird. I don't know how this is going to fly with our <laughs> listeners, but back in the day, this one scene really did get to me. Okay. And it was from Robocop 2. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Kane? Mm -hmm. Tom Noonan? Yeah. He's a drug lord in the film. Mm -hmm. And then shit hits the fan. He basically gets killed. But instead of dying, he gets turned into this like berserk uber version of Robocop. Yeah. It's like this insane robot with like a screen face and all this shit. Yeah. And he's fueled by literal drugs. Mm hmm. So ugh, I don't know what it was, but that guy, the robot version of Kane, just scared the shit out of me as a kid. And this was this one's like sort of comical in a way. I don't guess what I'm saying because yeah, like yeah. I you know gotta say I looked it up today. I'm watching these clips and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if people are gonna buy this, but I I remember like being in my house and just watching Robocop two, mm -hmm. and then having nightmares where yeah. this keen robot guy was just like chasing me around these like dim factories. <laughs> but the scariest scene for me, and I think this is the one that'll kind of legitimize what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. If anyone wants to look up one scene, it's the one where he kills his old girlfriend. Yeah. And like she's like trying to woo him. She's like, we can make this work. It won't be so bad. Meanwhile, yeah. she's talking to a fucking Decepticon. Yeah, he has a, a giant screwdriver hand, and she's she's like, yeah, she's like caressing. She's caressing. Yeah, she's like, this is gonna take some getting used to. Yeah, I mean, but for a minute there, like the little screen of Kane's like robot face is like, I, ah, yeah. I don't know. This might this might work. I might be into it. It'll take some getting used to, but. It'll be great, Kane. But then, no, he just grabs her face with his big claw and just kills her. <laughs> she was sort of digging it, though. Like, she really was trying to convince him that she could live with him like well, that. What, was it, what else was she going to do? Like, this is the thing about this Kane robot thing. <laughs> it was too strong to stop, too fast to escape. Like, for me, it was like the ultimate monster because there was no conceivable way around it. Like, if this thing came at you, you couldn't defend yourself. I do feel bad for her, though, because, like, at least she was trying to make some exceptions for him. But being that he didn't take her advances, our robot's single. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if my robot wants to hang out with a girl who's now headless. <laughs> We're going to hook him up with a fucking dead girl who's been not only, it's not only dead without a head, but she's been dead without a head for, like, 30 years. <laughs> I will take what I can get. Well, it's been a show. Quite a show. Yeah. So out of all my picks for the night. Mm -hmm. I'm well, not going to pick my favorite. I'm going to pick the scariest. Huh. You know, I think I'm actually going to go with the Blair Witch. Yeah. Just this whole scene, the end. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see even now me watching that alone and not being affected by it. Yeah. Halloween, that shot is awesome, but it's a shot. It's a shot. Yeah. It's a shot. You know, the other things you picked are awesome, but they're, they're kind of like moments for me. Right. The Blair Witch thing, I could watch it right now and feel pretty close to how I felt the first time I saw it. I agree. And that's what's amazing about it is that we both seen it probably multiple. You know, I've seen it hundreds of times. Yeah, I've seen it at least yeah. dozens of times. Yeah. And it still has the same effect. Yeah. So out of yours, um, I would probably go... <sighs> You're not going to say Kane from RoboCop 2. <laughs> no. I didn't think you are. 
You know what? I'm going to go with Exorcist. Your cunting daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that scene when you watch the whole movie really does uh, have an impact. Yeah. I mean, it has an impact. You could go on YouTube right now and you'll see what we're talking about. But yeah, getting the whole lead in. And actually to my, like in my view, like that first half of the movie is in some ways more fun to watch anyway. Mm -hmm. The exorcism scene, like, I feel like you've seen it in a highlight reel so many times. The pea soup vomit, like it's not really going to hit you hard. Yeah. It's the buildup. Yeah. But this, you know, a crucifix to the crotch. That never gets stale. <laughs> Crucifix to the garage. So here we are kicking off the Halloween season 2016 on the Purple Stuff podcast. Going to be a great season. I hope so. Yeah. So tune into more Halloween episodes coming up in the near future. And feel free to dive back in our archives to see what we did last year. Yeah. I think I might have to do that. Yeah, horrible sound quality. and <laughs> So this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. And you are listening to the Purple Stuff Podcast.